0: Please uh, help me welcome Pastor Charles as he comes to share a word. Thank you, Mike. Good to see you all. Getting a little cold. That's what happens around. No, no, I mean outside. That's what happens around here around this time, right? It's the seasons. So my name is Charles. I'm the lead pastor here, and welcome. It's good to have you here. Today is a bit of a special day, so if you are here for the first time, I'd like to uh, ask you to come back and check us out another time as well, because today there's going to be a lot of announcement tea kind of feel to the sermon. Hopefully you can catch the spirit of this church even through that, there will be a lot of like announcements happening, basically, because you know, do you like this space? It's a lovely space, right? A great space. Basement is wonderful. It's great. Unfortunately, the landlord has decided to sell the building. Very firmly, boo. <laughs> so he has refused to you know into a, a long-term extension with us. Just take taken active measures to sell the building, like putting it on an auction. It's and so, all this is to say, we cannot stay here past next October. So, we're we'll going to have to say goodbye to this lovely space at some point in the future. Sad, right? Because it's lovely here. Now, this brings up an obvious question. What are we going to do as a church when we lose this space or have to move? First thing I want to say is I want to make it clear this is not an emergency. No need to panic. This is not DEFCON 5. Although, which one is it? I always get confused. (laughs) DEFCON 1 is the bad one, right? It's just, it's hard. Yeah, they're all bad. (laughs) So, you know, we've been around for 20 years now. And we had existed for most of our history without a 24-7 space like this. And we have about a year to think through this and what to do next. And so we have plenty of time to make plans. And we know what to do. We've done it before. Now we recognize that any kind of change can be unsettling. And so it's okay to feel whatever emotion you're feeling. And you can sit with that. But at the same time, we do want to emphasize that in our 20 years of history, we have moved about five times, by my count. So... Those of you who are nodding, who have been here for a while. How many of you have been here while we had to move? Well, i got a few of you, right? So we had to move about once every four years. And so by my count, you know, it's about time we moved on, right? Been here about three, four years. we got to move. <laughs> so this is just ordinary for us. Nothing to panic about. And most churches like us, it's just, you know, not many churches our size have 24-7 space like this. So what matters for a church is not its space, but its people. Wouldn't you agree? And this church is just filled with creative, smart, resilient people. So we'll find our way forward. Having said that, I want to make clear that our next steps will be decided by what the church community desires, envisions, and enables. Not just with words, but with action. Because, I mean, for example, we could all vote to you know, buy the One World Trade Center and meet over there. But unless someone gives us several billion dollars, that's not gonna happen, right? So, you know, you can't just vote. It has to be like done with, you know, action of what we are able to do. So if you wanted to, for example, buy a building so we don't have to move again, we'll probably need to raise like $15 million at a minimum. To pursue such an option it's a lot of money alternatively if the church wanted to rent another 24 7 space we would need to raise a couple million dollars to enable that option not that we would automatically buy or rent but it would need that kind of money to open up those options as a possibility because you know it's expensive here in new york you know this right you all, all live here, you've had to rent or buy or whatever, you know it's expensive. So we have uh, a, a real estate broker who's working for us, a commercial real estate broker. And even though commercial real estate is in a slump, like options that are being presented to us are like minimum $300,000 a year. And they are like class C office space on the sixth floor. It's not really very conducive to a church. right? And it's smaller than this. And so these are expensive options. That's why we need like a healthy reserve in a bank account to afford such options. Another major option is Sunday-only rental space. This is how we operated as a church for most of our history. Which means we know how to make it work. Uh, Now, this option has a wide variety of price tags. Some really nice places, they ask for like $10,000 a week, which will be even more expensive than 24-7. And other options are a lot cheaper, uh, so it's not very clear how much we need to raise to pursue this option, but what is clear is more the better. Right, more we raise, the more comfortable we will be, in terms of uh, how nice of a space we get, what kind of staff-led programming we can offer you, um, all that. So you get the picture. So hypothetically speaking, and I'm just throwing out a number here uh, because it's not clear what is needed. Uh, let's say we ended up raising five hundred thousand. I not saying this is our goal. Love to have more than that, but you know who knows what will happen. Just throwing it out. Uh, just a nice round number, it seems to me, <laughs> hypothetically. To put that into context, we have about hundred members. So on average, if every member pledged to give, say, five thousand per person on average, we would get to five hundred k. Now some folks will be able to give a lot more than that like 20000 or more, or some will be able to give a lot less. But I would like to encourage everyone to give what they can because the Bible says wherever your treasure is, your heart is. What you value, you invest in. And church community is something worth investing in. And when you invest in a church community, you get more out of it. Uh, it's the heart that matters to God uh, and the spirit of this community as well so for some folks even $100 is a meaningful amount but that would mean a lot to us if you can give it with a lot of heart for others a meaningful amount is a lot higher so I would like you to give meaningfully I know many of you love this church so, invest in us. so a lot that goes into this to create this environment where such a lovely community feel exists. Right? I mean, I see a lot of nodding heads. You guys like this community, right? I, li- I like this community. You know, I'm the lead pastor, so you might expect me to say such things. <laughs> but seriously, when I... See your faces, I just it lifts up my heart. You know, I had a back problem for a while, had a back procedure done, and I felt really lonely not being able to come. And it felt so great to be able to come, see your faces, shake hands. There's something lovely and powerful going on here that just lifts up your spirit for the rest of your week. It empowers you. Uh, You may not be aware of this, but there's just a lot that goes on to enable all all that. You know? Uh, Some people think, there isn't that much, you know? I've actually been asked this question. Someone actually asked me this. What do you do all week? I mean, you, you, you on, a, on a Sunday, you go up there and you talk for like 30 minutes. So okay, you do that, and then you sing some songs. What do you do all week? I mean, I mean you get a salary. What do, you, what do you do to deserve that salary, right? So I've had to explain. There's a lot that goes on throughout the week to put on something like this. I mean, you wouldn't go to a Broadway show and look up and go, hey, you just sing and dance for a couple of hours. Why do you guys like deserve all that money? Right? You know there's a lot that goes into stuff like that, right? So to, you know, provide life groups, the kids program, you know. there's a lot of kids in this space, not just here. In the the second floor, in the basement, there's a lot of kids right now. And many of you have been volunteers there. Does that take work? It does. (laughs) You know? And there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes. And all that takes staff. And all that takes salary. Because they got to live, right? It can't just be done volunteer-based because you guys get pretty tired trying to make it here in New York, right? You guys don't have 30 hours a week just lying around volunteering for church, right? So people need money to survive. So I'd like to encourage you to invest so that we can keep providing this lovely community. Now at this point I'd like to invite Don Bond. Don, can you come up here? You guys know Don as this lovely, uh, smiling, cheerful face (laughs) that greets you. He's been a a member here for a very long time, and he has an interesting story to
1: share. Hi, uh, I'm Don. Um, I've been a member here at the River for a long time, over 10 years now. Um, I first started coming uh, with my wife, Esther. We were newlyweds, and this was up in the... World Trade Center tower, so this is back in the day, but um, it was our first kind of church as a newlywed and we, we had our first child, Milo, he was born and kind of raised in the nursery at this church, so it's meant a lot to us um, as kind of a starting young family here in New York. So when the church announced that it was time to move and to have a fundraiser, we were we felt pretty good about donating, um, you know, we, we put in $5,000, and I remember that very clearly because it was a significant amount for us um, then. Uh, it still is, of course, today, um, but we felt good about it because it was kind of this new home for us, uh, for our family. So, um, so that was very exciting, and we felt good, but unfortunately, right after that, we ended up moving to California. Um, I got a great job offer there, so we had to kind of give up the river, and at first, it Felt like a bit of a loss having to having donated that money um, and moving soon after that but um, I kind of knew that I had faith that God would use that money um, somewhere somehow for for somebody and I didn't know how that would play out exactly but um, but sure enough uh, three years later we did end up moving back to New York and it was wonderful have wonderful to have the the river here waiting for us Um, so many friendly faces and and a nursery for our kids on Sunday mornings, which is important. So, um, so yeah, Charles asked me to come and say, like, how we felt about our investment in this river um, from so long ago. And, and I spoke to Esther she's not here this morning, but she um, wanted to, to add that um, it really has paid off for us, if you want to think of it that way, um, you know in sort of an infinite way. This place has been just a, a safe space for, for all of us, including our children, to explore our sort of individual spiritual journeys. Um, and it's provided a community for us that has been so important, uh, especially as a family and through COVID and everything, it's just been kind of a, a secure place for us to call home. So um, as we kind of look into this next phase of the church, um, we're just as excited. Uh, I think our investment from over 10 years ago is, is here in this church. And seeing all of you, especially the new faces here, it, it feels great. And that's, that's sort of how it pays off in my mind. And, and I feel great about that. So just wanted to share. Thank you, Don. Yeah. What a fun story, right?
0: You know, You never know what happens, right? He thought that, they thought that it was just a sunk cost, right, You gave to the church and a couple months later and uh, you're out of here, <laughs> then what do you know? They're back, and it just, you know, when you invest in God's work, it comes back to you somehow, you know? It, it comes back to you, we'll talk more about that, but it does, so if you haven't caught on yet, We're launching a fundraising campaign today. (laughs) Calling it 20th Anniversary Giving Campaign. There is a flyer we made, and it's in the back. Please grab one on the way out if you want, Uh, along with a one-year pledge card uh, for those of you who want to give over time, if you like that. You know, last time we did this, pretty much everyone who pledged fulfilled their pledge. It was amazing. Like, I, I guess people take their pledge to God very seriously. And I was very encouraged by that the last time. And I want to make it very clear, we don't do this very often here. Uh, for those of you who've been coming for a while, you know we, we haven't and we don't talk about money, right? That's That's also also been asked of me, why do you guys not talk about money very much? We usually don't. The last time we did this was 10 years ago. So this is an unusual day, right? But we need to do this campaign to set us up for our next uh, 20 years. Now, I want you to understand, we're not in this for money. This is a calling and a passion for those of us leading this church. I basically don't get paid. I mean I do get paid because I, I I think the work I do deserves compensation. But Caroline and I we we give more to the church than we get in salary financially, not just spiritually and emotionally. And so this is a work of passion. This is a work of calling uh, because it's so satisfying to the soul to invest in a faith community. And I'd like you guys to join in on that and experience the joy of giving to build up a faith community. Um, And I know many of you do. You guys, it just inspires me a lot of times. You guys give of your heart, volunteering, uh, giving. And I just love it. I just want you to know it really inspires and encourages me to keep going when I see you guys give passionately of your time and your heart. It really does encourage me. It makes a difference. So, and I think it partly, partly why you guys love this church is because the river is like a hidden gem. You know, we are like that proverbial New York hole in the wall that only the locals know about, and it's wonderful, but tourists don't know about it, and so it's not like completely packed, and so you can just enjoy it. We are like that, you know? There's something very special about it, don't you think? And I'll talk more about this next week, the vision of the church and the history of the church and the specifics of what makes this church uh, have this kind of feel. But just briefly, we don't just talk about good and evil, right? How to develop a biblical worldview and how to just be a more obedient, righteous servant of God. Uh, because we believe Christian, Christian faith is so much more than that. Uh, we believe the gospel is good news for everyone everywhere, all the time. That that's a principle we have to live by. It can't be bad news to anyone really good news is good news even to bad people it needs to be good news not that very many people see themselves as bad people you know when you look at the world you look at like what's happening in israel and you look at the conflict and what's happening do you think the people on each side one side says we are the bad people You know? No. Everybody thinks they are good people. Right? Which is an interesting phenomenon on its own. And we'll get to that more later. But faith is not about just being good and evil. Jesus said he came to give life in all its fullness. And when you pursue the gospel right, you experience your life expanding here. Not just after death, at least in your soul and in your heart. It leads to cultivating joy, leads to growing up wisdom, developing healthy ambition, contributing to a better world. It expands you as a person, as a soul. That is what faith should do. Amen? This is life in knowledgefulness. And I will talk more about that next year and weeks to come. But all of that requires us to give together. And it's being together and contributing together that makes all this message even more powerful and spreading. So, you know, consider giving to this campaign prayerfully, softly. The Bible says, Just as you excel in everything else, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Giving is important in faith. Oftentimes you can tell what matters in the Bible by how many times it comes up. If something comes up a few times, it's not that important. You know what I mean? Like, don't eat meat with blood in it. It's an abomination unto the Lord. But the Bible says that a few times. Only a few times. And so, is that really important? Is rare steak really important to you? It's an abomination unto the Lord. We should be bombing and boycotting steakhouses that serves rare steaks, form like a cordon around it, prevent people from committing outrage against God. Do you feel that way? Any of you? When it comes up, oh yeah, there's, he's a little weird. He's on the board, and he has a weird accent called British accent, the original. It's very cool, very cool accent. Anyway, so you know what I'm getting at, right? So how many times things come up important? So here are some important words in faith. Believe. Comes up 228 times. It's an important word. Pray, 540. Love, 551. Give, 1,557. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know about you, but this sounds pretty important, right? Comes up a lot. Why is it so important? First, I want to make it clear. It's not because God will give back to you ten times what you give to God. That's not true. Some people say that. Prosperity gospel, have you heard of that? They preach things like prosperity is a sign of God's blessing and approval of you. So if you give to God, God will protect you and God will bless you. So, you know, call this number right now you see on the screen, (laughs) you know. And our trained prayer warriors will pray for you a blessing. Have you seen this? This is all over the TV, right? That is not true. You know? Is it, it's, it's God in a protection racket? You know? Like, God's going to, like, protect you if you give. You know, is, is God like those? Is God Godfather? You know what I mean? Like, give. And that's the only way God's going to protect you and bless you. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Does God, I mean, why would God give you ten times what you give to God? Can't he, like, add? It's bad business for God, right? It doesn't work like that. God does not need your money. Let's make that clear. Any God who needs your money and asks for it is not worth your worship. Amen? The Bible makes this very clear. God is not served by human hands as if God needed anything. You can't give to God as if God needed it from you. What a ridiculous idea. We are encouraged to give because of the kind of person we become through giving. It's because it's good for us. God tells us to give. It sends a signal to your soul what kind of person you are, what kind of person you are becoming, what kind of soul you are becoming. When you give to a cause that matters to you, when you give generously and meaningfully, that sows a seed into your soul that expands and changes you. Giving expands the possibilities of your life. And I will speak about my experience of this next week because we don't have time for that today. But even non-Christian says this. When you look at some of these authors, there's truth we can all sense that the life that flows out of you comes from the soul that's in you. And it matters what kind of person You are becoming. This is why one of the most important decisions you will make in life is whether you will live your life as a taker and a consumer versus a giver. This will change your soul. The Bible tells us, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands, so that he may be able to give to those in need. That's a very interesting verse. You know, at first it kind of sounds like blah, blah blah blah. You know, stop stealing, live an honest life. You'd expect to hear that from church or religious figures. But it's very interesting what it says about why thieves should stop stealing. It doesn't say, you know, stop stealing because it's not righteous. Be honest for honesty's sake. Honesty is important to God. Obey God. Stop hurting people. No, what does it say? It says you should stop stealing and instead you should work so you can give. (laughs) Have you noticed that? Isn't that very interesting? The motivation is so that you can become a giver, not a taker. And that's worth noticing because that's about the soul. That's about who you are. And that's about the lasting joy and satisfaction you can get out of this short life we have on earth. That's about life in all its fullness. You know, when you are just a taker, it will shrink your life. Even as you think, you know, we live in a consumer society, right? So it just feels like everything is about us consuming and taking. And I got to, you know, it's nice to consume, no doubt. But it shrinks your capacity for joy. And you consume and consume and consume. Have you noticed how, like, wealthy, 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 you know, you go after wealth and you go after consuming, but then they don't seem that happy? Your capacity for true joy shrinks. You expand when you become a giver. That's why we do what we do. Uh, My wife and I, we plan to give significantly to this campaign. At the same time, I want to close with this thought. The Bible says, "Your gift is acceptable according to what you have, not according to what you do not have." But we want to make it clear: don't like get like credit card debt to give to the church. <laughs> That's not a good idea, especially today with 24% interest rate. Don't give to God and live on, you know, okay, I'll live on beans and rice for the next six months. Nutrition is important. God cares about you, okay? I want this to be a meaningful experience for you so that your soul can expand. Not so that you get impoverished. I want this to be an uplifting experience for all of us. Uh, For the Bible says, God loves a cheerful giver. I want this to be a cheerful experience. Not this arm-twisting, scare tactic. You know, have you seen those, like, thermometers when churches do fun, I've seen those, right? <laughs> and there's a goal at the top. And and it stays up here for like a year. You know, it, it just very slowly goes up. No, I found that to be a very demoralizing experience. You know, have you? You know, just like, ugh, we're still down here. <laughs> so we don't want that. We're going to wrap this up by early next year. We're not going to draw this out but this is the end of the year it's a holiday season it's the season of cheer it is the season of giving think about giving to this church to set us up for our next stage as we have to think about moving sounds good? let's give meaningfully generously in a way that expands our soul but also cheerfully and what we can Amen. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this lovely community that gives so generously of the heart and of the time and also financially so we can be this wonderful community together. We know that when we give, it changes our soul, oh God. So we pray now, God, that you will send your spirit. And fill us up with a heart of generosity, a heart that wants to give meaningfully. For those of us that this church is meaningful, help us, oh God, to give us wisdom to know how much to give, how to give, what to do going forward as we invest in this community together. In Jesus' name, amen.